You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. The Archaeology Podcast Network is sponsored by Codify, a California benefit corporation. Visit Codify at www.codifi.com. All right, this is Chris Webster at the 50th Annual Society for Historical Archaeology in the Exhibit Hall, and uh, I'm talking with Mike Murray of the University of Southampton, and uh, he's going to talk about... Uh, 3D scanning and underwater photogrammetry? Photogrammetry compared to underwater laser scanning. Compared to underwater laser scanning. So go ahead and, a little closer. Yeah. So go ahead and uh, tell us what you've got here at the conference. Uh, yeah, so this is, um, this is a, a four-part case study over the course of, that's taking place over the course of four years mm-hmm. that compares, uh, as you said, the uh, photogrammetry, which has been a technology and a methodology that's been around for quite some time and has reached ubiquity in, in underwater archaeology uh, compared to a new entrant, mm-hmm. relatively new entrant, this underwater laser scan, which has traditionally been used in the oil and gas industry for inspection, but offers millimetric precision and accuracy, okay. at least by their professionals, to, uh, to resolve materials underwater. Right. And so we're seeing how they can be complementary to each other, what the advantages and disadvantages of the use essentially the efficacy of use in underwater archaeology for both. I would think just from a technical standpoint, the way that light distorts, uh, water distorts light, that laser scanning wouldn't even be a thing. So that's interesting just to begin with. Uh, It's amazing (laughs) how a lot of people are just amazed that lasers can work underwater, function underwater anyway, right? You know, because it's the Star Wars image, it's it's Mm -hmm. the the futuristic stuff. Uh, But yes, in fact, uh, as you said, it's it's an extremely challenging environment anyway mm-hmm. to record in in underwater archaeology so you you are talking about great challenge but at the same time the great potential mm-hmm. to do unprecedented work in the way of recording diagnostics that that haven't been realized before in underwater archaeology right. so that that's the promise with underwater laser scanning because we know um, from previous studies what terrestrial laser scanning can do mm-hmm. so Yes, again, how does that translate to uh, these different environments? This is right. set up uh, in an experimental method, methodology type of framework. So okay. we have a control case study where it's done under the most ideal conditions in a lab. Mm-hmm. That's phase one. And then phase two is done in a river that mm-hmm. was just really muddy, very turbid. Turbid's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if the laser could even work right. uh, in in a quarter of a meter of visibility. <laughs> right. um, and then there's this one, uh, which is on display here at SHA, which is a third case study that uses it in the park, in the coral reef environment, okay. but in a shallow context where you have a lot of different, the crepuscular rays, as it's called, those light rays shining through <laughs> to the bottom can really disrupt, cause Imagine. havoc for an optic-based uh, system. So, and then uh, the fourth one will look at it in a partially turbid environment. So, we're trying to find the thresholds of use, you mm-hmm. know, operational use, and then from that, be able to determine the efficacy of use. You right. know, for and it, the archaeological goals can be range from how do these display well, you know, in in a, for museums. How do they 3D print well? Mm-hmm. You know, how. Uh, can they be of use in the 
virtual reality, mm -hmm. augmented reality, mixed reality <laughs> environments that are up and coming here that are, are very popular too. So there's a whole wide range of use, right. but we don't know. We don't know the parameters of their use yet. So right. This is with, uh, with potential cost too, is this the kind of thing you see a company would come in and do this for your project, or is it affordable enough that somebody could just like own this stuff and then do it themselves? Yeah, well, that is the that is the biggest impediment right now to laser scanning. Period, whether right. it's underwater or terrestrially, but underwater the costs are even greater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to you know, put it into context, in 2014. Uh, one of these devices cost a quarter million dollars, mm -hmm. and then it came down the next year to 150. Wow! And and now <laughs> it's down to about 45,000. Wow! So this a lot of some a lot of this is due to they were able to uh, create an underwater laser scanning scanner, which has been around for a while. The technology, but they made it deployable, mm -hmm. and they so they they yeah. they have an engineering team, and they got this together. But it's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. And so there are other competitors who are just now kind of catching on <laughs> to its deployability, and that's really causing price depreciation right. at a great level or at a great rate. And so we're right on the precipice here of people being able to buy this yeah. and or rent, you know, uh, on on the same levels. Not quite as on the same level of photogrammetry because mm -hmm. a good DSLR camera can cost just a few thousand dollars, or you can rent one right. for a hundred bucks or so. But uh, no, this unit at its lowest sort of research level of cost is about uh, twenty thousand. So, right. so um, yeah. no, the rental average rental cost for an underwater laser scanner is a thousand dollars a day. Um, wow. But but again, uh, you know, one of the big things that I'm doing is I'm promoting the, this use mm -hmm. for the common archaeologist. You know, the common budget archaeologist, whatever that might be, right? Whatever you know, is, yeah. you know, is that bologna sandwiches in, in many cases <laughs> or, or whatever. But uh, but but that uh, it can be scaled to their needs. Right. And yet it can be a business, you know, uh, that a freelance contractor or somebody yeah. like that can, can thrive. Well, so. even from a commercial standpoint, if you've got to get the project done and there's no other way to do it mm -hmm. other than maybe laser scanning to find out what's down there. Yes. I mean, the cost is going to have to be in the proposal. Well, and, you know? and the costs are made up in laser scanning in the way of if your uh, goal, if your aim is for highly accurate rendition mm -hmm. of something and say it could be for uh, ship preservation purposes as a time series over in, in millimeters you want to track these degradation rates mm -hmm. laser scanning is by far the choice right. uh, to use and you save costs in the way of getting it done right from the very beginning mm -hmm. so with these other technologies especially with hand measurements you know, you've got a lot of these errors and you have to redo a lot yeah. of that you have to go back off of so if you multiply the times that you go back, right, <laughs> right each time, right. all the logistics, you know, the personnel, whatever right. that you have, um, and then you add in the post-processing cost mm -hmm. of photogrammetry, which is tremendous. Huge. There's still yeah. hours and days people know, and then it can crash on you, and you have to start all over right. again. Underwater laser scanning, laser scanning is true to scale. It's produ produced and they're in just a matter of a couple of minutes, you're, you, done. You, you're done. Yeah. You really, it's minimal processing. So, nice. so you got to look at the full pipeline, mm -hmm. you know, of, of production mm -hmm. to be able to gauge when you talk about costs. It's not right. just about the initial acquisition of it. 
Yeah, um, we, we find that a lot with tech. People. Yeah. yeah, people yeah. think that the initial, the biggest cost is buying the equipment, but sometimes that is the biggest cost. But then your savings are long term. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So totally. on a long term forecast, laser scanning is catching up rapidly right. to these other methodologies, um, and you know they're Kickstarter operations mm-hmm. out there where you have laser scanners that are going to be attached very soon to tablets yeah. and to phones. Yeah. And people will be able to laser scan their room. And then for the underwater, for <laughs> us, you know, it's just a matter of putting the housing on it, right? Yeah. Making it waterproof and away you go. And and yeah. then and then that's the full democratization of, of the thing. Hey, when my really iPhone exciting. 9 can shoot lasers out the bottom of it, I'll be happy. Yeah. That'll be great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for multiple reasons, right? For multiple reasons, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, keep field techs in line and also scan your, wait, no. Um. Well, you know, yeah, dance party afterwards, I guess, right? There you go, there you go. Uh, is there a website or anything somebody can go to to check more of this out? So um, there really isn't at this point. It's just, this is the very initial launch of it, mm-hmm. but uh, I have a LinkedIn webpage and I have a blog at the University of Southampton. If they go to the University of Southampton, they can track uh, you can blog about it. It's okay. Mike, Michael Murray, PhD candidate, researcher. Okay. You put put those in there into your search engine, then cool. you should be able to find it. So. All right. More information. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. Well, thank you. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.